0: First guest of the evening is truly a poet. He's an artist. He is a a friend and an inspiration to anyone who I think who has ever played the guitar uh, or tried to write poetry. Would you please welcome Gordon Lightfoot? Oh, the neon lights were flashing and the icy wind did blow. The water seeped into his shoes and the drizzle turned to snow. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low, and the old man came home from the forest. This is Carefree Highway Revisited, the show that celebrates the work of Gordon Lightfoot song by song. I'm your host, Mike Messner, and along with me today is a fellow fan making her second appearance on the show, Adele Chalifu. Adele, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Super excited to be back.
0: Now you, since the last time we were on the show together, you had a rather important personal event happen, didn't you?
1: I sure did. I uh, I had a baby, which is still wild to me that I have a human, a little baby human now. But yeah, I had a baby about four and a half months ago.
0: That's fantastic. Now his name has a certain significance, doesn't it?
1: It sure does. His name is Simon Gordon. And... It's a very special name. Um, Simone was my grandmother's name, who is very close to growing up. Um, We had a cottage on a lake and it was the whole thing. So that was uh, for her. And then Gordon, because, of course, my first love is Gordon Lightfoot. So, yeah, a very special thing. I wanted to name his first name Gordon. But, you know, you really see true colors from family when you try to name a baby. So little Simon Gordon is here.
0: That's fantastic. Very, very cool. So today we're talking about Home from the Forest from the Way I Feel album, which came out in 1967. Why did you want to talk about this song in particular today?
1: So I think I'm a huge fan of most of the early Lightfoot stuff. I personally think it's some of his uh, most poetic work. And this song really just, it's one of those songs you just feel. And I think that's true for most Lightfoot songs, but this one just... It packs a certain punch on many, many different levels, I think. And it's not talked about enough.
0: Yeah, it wasn't ever released as a single. I think that was one uh, thing about it. And the other thing is that it is not something that has a whole lot of pop sensibility to it. It's very much a folk song. Uh, And it is, I think the thing that I love about it is that it's a story song. It has a beginning, a middle and end. And he hasn't written that many songs that fall into that category. And it's satisfying to me, probably because there is a happy ending to the song. So that's why I like it. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have a special anecdote or something personal about what the song means to you? Has it affected your life in a certain way?
1: Yeah, for me personally, I was a military spouse for a good decade of my life. And, you know, being in the military community, this song definitely hits harder, I think, uh, especially facing deployments and having friends go overseas and them, a lot of people we knew coming home with a lot of invisible wounds that you can't see. Uh, And I think that this song highlights that perfectly. You know, war is war, no matter what decade, no matter what generation it is. So for me, you know, not only that, but my father-in-law did also serve in the Air Force as well back in the 60s. So for me, that's where it hits me pretty hard.
0: To me, it really says a lot about veterans and the way that at least Western society has tended to treat our veterans. And I dare say it's probably the same in Canada to some degree as it is in the States. I think of my uncle Ivan, who served in World War II and was living in a one-room basement apartment in San Francisco the last few years of his life. Uh, And he had a hot plate to cook on. I don't think he had a TV. He had a radio. He apparently didn't have anybody to take care of him. And I don't know if he was an alcoholic or not, but it was definitely a very lonely life. Um, And so that's, although it didn't resonate quite as much with me, but uh, in the same way they did with you, but it was certainly, you know, something to think about uh, as I was listening. What to you would be the best setting to listen to this song in?
1: So I think this is one of, like a lot of other Lightfoot songs, this is a very reflective and contemplative song. I feel I feel like it's a, a, a song that you definitely listen to alone and really just take it in uh, because he says a lot in the song and the lyrics, and um, there's a lot of hidden meaning, I guess, as, you know, most Gordon Lightfoot songs are. So I would say probably alone. I live in the bush here on a lake. So for me, it would be alone, overlooking, you know, wintery, frozen lake just being in the stillness and just really sitting with the feelings in this song because it's a deep song
0: yeah i think for me i would want to also listen to it alone either in the backyard on a spring evening you know when it's getting late in the afternoon but it's daylight savings time has already changed or at night in front of a fire it's one of the songs that gordon has written that i would really like to learn how to play and so i'm thinking about doing that for the school talent show. Oh, um,
1: that's really wonderful. You have to record that. Okay?
0: Well, if I do, I'll certainly let you know and maybe I'll even play it on the show here. Adele, do you have an angle on how the song was written or what the genesis was?
1: So I have no idea. I've looked and I've looked and I've read his um Life foot's autobiography and I haven't heard anything. He kind of skips over his early stuff because I know it's not his favorite. So I haven't really been able to find anything about the genesis of this song. I just assumed it was another, you know, genius brainchild of Lightfoot.
0: It turns out there was a certain inspiration from what I read. Now, I'm like you, I mean, I looked in the Nicholas Jennings book, nothing. Looked in the book of writing Gordon Lightfoot, nothing. Looked in, you know, some of the liner notes, and these are all reliable sources, you know, to get stuff on Lightfoot, (laughs) all nothing. And then the story that I read online, which I can't confirm, is that Lightfoot was performing at Massey Hall sometime early in his career. And it's this really cold evening. I think it'd been snowing all that day. And a homeless man came up to the box office and said, look, could I just stay in the box office area for a little while? And the theater manager said, no, go away. You're not welcome here. And later that night, that same guy died of exposure Uh, And the police found his body the next morning. And the only thing in his belongings was his World War II medal. And Lightfoot got wind of it. And that was the genesis of of the song. At least that was the story that I heard. Now, Adele, you being Canadian, although I realize you may not necessarily be in this area of Canada. Are there any forests near Aurelia, Ontario that you know of that Gordon might have been thinking about when he wrote the song?
1: Absolutely. Aurelia. um, I'm I'm actually from, my hometown is Sudbury, which is about, I would say, maybe four or five hours north of Aurelia, give or take. And all of that part of Ontario is just bush. It's forest. I grew up in the bushes and the forest playing, you know, barefoot, getting covered with pine sap and things. So yeah, there's tons of forest, especially there would have been a lot when Lightfoot was growing up before a lot of the um, buildup happened around his area and around Lake Kuchichang. And now, fun fact, there's actually, in Aurelia, there's an actual Lightfoot Trail that they have named after him. And it's 11 and a little bit over 11 um, kilometers. Not sure the conversion for miles, I'm sorry. So there would it's be a seven ton of
0: miles, if I'm not mistaken, yeah.
1: Okay, awesome, seven miles. And it uh, runs along the side of Lake Kuchichang.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so... Yeah. When he's talking about home from the forest, it's not completely a metaphor for him, then, is it?
1: Absolutely not. No. And I have read a lot of uh, little stories about him as a child playing in the bushes. And, you know, they put in um, the highway overpass at, when he was a young young boy. And he states he has really fond memories of going and watching them build and all the big machines and the trucks and things working. Yeah, I think it was probably pretty close to him. And not to mention all of his canoe trips that he took up here in Quebec, where I live now, and, you know, all over Canada, really. We know Gordon, he loves the forest.
0: Absolutely. And it's kind of a shame that he hasn't written more about that. But this is an absolutely beautiful example of that. So let's look a little bit at the lyrics. I did give the opening verse. So just picking up here, his tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. Can you imagine how people would have looked at this guy and if he was conscious of it, how that would have made him feel so embarrassed and ashamed to be you know, staggering down the street in a big city like this?
1: I think that that is one of the most raw parts of the song. I know I've experienced this, you know, being alone, maybe um, a little scared and first time in a really big city and just you're so alone. It's unfriendly. It's it's not like, you know, I grew up in the North where everyone kind of, hey, how you doing on the sidewalk, go to a big city. It's definitely not like that. So, yeah, I can only imagine how that would make you feel. And, you know, I feel like you probably just eventually wouldn't care anymore.
0: We'll be right back to our conversation with Adele Chalifu about Home from the Forest in just a moment. But first, a word from one of our podcast partners. Hi, this is Audie Martello, the host of the Mostly Folk podcast, a 60-minute foray into the music we all love. You will hear newly released albums, classic folk, country, and bluegrass music, as well as some traditional music that may or may not be true to the genre, sometimes irreverent, often opinionated, but always entertaining. You may even hear a radio magic trick every so often, as well as numerous interviews via Zoom and telephone with established as well as indie artists. Mostly Folk is available wherever you listen to podcasts and always at mostlyfolk.org. Yeah, you would get inured to it after a while, I would think. For his castle was a hallway and the bottle was his friend. So clearly this poor guy has become an alcoholic and that's going to have some real resonance with Gordon Lightfoot later on in his own life. Although he probably hadn't been plagued with it too much at this particular point in his life. And the old man stumbled in from the forest. Now let's stop there for a second is the forest is he talking about a city i mean like with the skyscrapers being the trees or is he hallucinating about some other forest either in canada or in europe where do you think the idea of this the protagonist's uh, you know idea of the forest where do you think that's coming from
1: you know i think this is a really genius a few lines in the mind of Lightfoot because it could literally mean anything. Uh, Lightfoot uh, loves Toronto. He still lives there. It's a huge city. You know, this could definitely be metaphor for a big city downtown Toronto. It could also mean a rural place that I kind of live in, more of like a village. But it also could be, you know, we're talking about a war vet here. This could maybe be the fields of France or one of the many battles that were fought in World War II and won. Um, In the forests, you know, there's the Battle of Hurtgen in World War II. There's the thumb, Vimy, even D-Day, you know, like when they advanced up the beach, there was the bush, like the forest kind of right there. So it could really mean anything.
0: Yeah, I, I thought of places like the Ardennes Forest and places in the European continent where battles had been fought. And of course, there's a huge amount of Canada that has absolutely beautiful forests, so we're not really sure where this guy was coming from, except that he was a soldier or had some sort of service. And I thought for a minute, well, maybe he was a ranger or had been with the RMCP. But then I realized later on, he's talking about him being a soldier, not a ranger. So that probably made a little bit more sense. Up a dark and dingy staircase, the old man made his way. Well, he's clearly a pensioner doesn't have a lot of money if he has a place of his own it's probably just a one-room apartment it's a dark and dingy place which means it's this is probably this old tenement and he's in a walk up we don't know exactly how far he has to go he may even be in a shelter where he's sharing you know a room with a whole bunch of different people his ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay so he doesn't even take off his coat. Maybe that's the only clothing he has. So he's wrapped around that. Yeah. Um, he's using the word cot instead of bed, which makes me think that this guy is even more broke than was led on to us because that's all he can afford. He can't afford a real bed with a mattress.
1: Absolutely. It remind you know, it makes me feel like this man was, you know, worse than broke, like almost destitute, basically had very little personal items. Maybe he, you're right, only had a jacket, maybe a pair of boots, you know?
0: It's very likely that that was all he had. And I just love the description that he's giving there. And he wondered how it happened that he ended up this way, getting lost like a fool in the forest. Again, you know, this idea of the forest. Okay, maybe this guy came from a more suburban or a rural area. And he went into the city after the war, whatever that war was, thinking, well, this is where I'm really going to make the big time. This is where I'm going to use my the respect that I've been accorded to get a job and all those kinds of things. And I can only imagine what he must have been feeling. I mean, if you're an old man coming to the end of your life and you're realizing I'm finishing with nothing, what do I have to show for my life in all of this? Did you have the same kind of reaction to me that this is just a sad, pitiful situation?
1: It is. It's so sad. You're right. You just feel so much pity. You know, I think we've all been at, at the place where, you know, we've been out to eat at a restaurant and we see the older person by themselves eating. And that always just kind of broke my heart. I always just want to go give them a hug. This is no different. It feels like, you know, looking at it through his eyes, he's kind of just like, you know, where did my life go? It seems like yesterday, but it also seems like a lifetime ago that I came back for more or, you know, that I had my first drink or that I spiraled, you know, it's just, just so, so sad and emotional, especially, you know, if you had a family or, you know, looking back on his life, you know, kind of thinking, well, that's it.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about what he did or didn't have in terms of family in just a second but yeah, just by himself alone in the world, there's nobody there to care. You talked about being in a restaurant and I've seen that and, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go us, you know, when we get to be that age. And as he lay there sleeping, a vision did appear upon his mantle, shining a face of one so dear who had loved him in the springtime of a long forgotten year. And the springtime, you know, it's, One that we usually think of as being a prettier time of year than the winter, where the earth is waking up rather than the the earth is going to sleep, but also the springtime of his life. I mean, Paul Simon said something like that in A Hazy Shade of Winter, where he's a young man, but it's so long ago that he can't even remember what it's like. And then when the wildflowers did bloom in the forest, and now the dream is in an actual forest not a metaphorical forest like a city would be. Adele, have you been in a forest in Canada where there were also wildflowers, not just big trees?
1: Absolutely. There's buttercups, there's lavender, there's all sorts of just beautiful flowers that grow just in amongst the trees. It's just so poetic and beautiful of Lightfoot. You know, it brings, it makes me think of could be a mother it could be a daughter it could be you know most likely a woman he loved at some point you know if he was a world war ii vet maybe he was with his french love in a little village outside Mm -hmm. of a little cottage laughing and eating and the flowers and tones of yellow and the sunbeams coming down and you can just picture that so perfectly or it could very well be him and his love, maybe before he got sent away to war, you know, running through the forest or carving their initials in a tree by a, a pond or something.
0: Yeah, that would have been a nice little addition in there. You know, if he'd mentioned that there's initials carved on a tree. Now I'm talking about sick down young stranger here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not really clear whether this is his wife who predeceased him or maybe left him. Or an old flame that he never got the chance to marry. We're not going to know who this woman is. But I think there's a pretty good chance that this is somebody he was romantically involved with, not his mother. But it does lead us into the next verse. She touched his grizzled fingers and she called him by his name. So she knows who this guy is. So that implies that this is not just some anonymous angel or some you know angelic figure. This is somebody who knows him. And then he heard the joyful sound of children at their games. Now, this is something I had a question about. Do you feel like are these his own children who have since sort of abandoned him? Or are they children from his own past that he grew up with? Are they his brothers and sisters? What was your take on who these kids are?
1: I think my first initial feeling was that maybe they were his own or maybe they were the village children. You know, I think as as kids, we all just had a big group of friends who lived on the same street or in the same area, just kind of playing. And I think it could be either or. But I definitely think either his own children with said woman, maybe that he left in France or Belgium or who knows where or the village children. That's how I felt about
0: it. We'll be right back to our conversation with Adele Chalifu about Home from the Forest in just a moment. But first, a word from one of our podcast partners
1: are you a fan of true crime cults conspiracies and all things sinister then tune in with me your host Steph every week for a new episode of the sinister story hour you can find the sinister story hour on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts
0: Yeah, it's the thing that I wondered about was because the next line is in an old house on a hillside in some forgotten town. For a minute there, I thought, well, he's talking about an orphanage, you know, because that would explain why a whole lot of different kids are in one place at one time. But then I'm thinking if you're in an orphanage, you're probably not going to be playing a whole lot of games. Sure. So interesting to think about where those kids are or, mm-hmm. or where this memory is coming from where the river runs down from the forest. And that is a beautiful setting. I mean, if I had grown up in a house on a hillside near a river and near a forest, I would think that I would have just absolutely gotten in touch with nature um, as much as Gordon did growing up where he did in Aurelia. Is that kind of similar to the kind of setting where you live now?
1: Absolutely. I live I don't know 20 feet from the lake uh we look outside our front window and we're on the lake like we're right in the bush even growing up we were right pretty much in the bush we had a cottage in the bush right on the lake right in the middle of the forest I have vivid memories of watching the tadpoles in the water and oh, you know wow. going on boat rides and you know like the quintessential Canadian I guess you know bonfires and grandma telling stories about her youth and things like that and this especially in the the line in some forgotten town. I think that's so telling. I feel like it definitely be a beautiful rural village in France. I I just picture the the green fields and the rolling hills of rural France. And it just it kind of makes me feel of, you know, like 1940s soldier meeting a beautiful young French lady. You know, that's what this really brings to my mind.
0: Yeah. And then the kids there might be this lady's children, or they might be just children who live in her same village. Um, It's beautiful to think that this might be an unrequited love, you know, that this is somebody that he felt very deeply about, but either his troop had to move on or the war ended and he had to go home or he was separated from her. Maybe even one of them was killed.
1: Absolutely.
0: Heartbreaking. Yeah, Yeah, totally heartbreaking. With a mighty roar, the big jets soar above the canyon streets. Now, that could be a reference to a regular old civilian airport, which makes sense in the Lightfoot canon, because he talks about this old airport's got me down, or he will do that in a a different song. And the canyon streets brings up images of tall buildings. It's probably my favorite phrase in the whole song, because it's just so brief but it's so succinct and it really sets the pace that you know the buildings are so big that they're like the walls of the grand canyon
1: absolutely i love that i think this is probably the coldest line in the whole song too like i just read that and i just you know it's a snap back to reality from this beautiful vision of sunshine and warm and love and happiness and then you get this boom big cold jets and this st- the cold streets of a city and it Lightfoot is just so incredibly great at describing something with very little words and i think that's really on show with those two lines for sure
0: yeah the song is just a few seconds over 3 minutes and he's done so much i mean you could almost do an entire movie about what's being described yeah. in the song
1: absolutely well, what a movie that would be yeah
0: it would be And the con men con, but life goes on for the city never sleeps. And to an old forgotten soldier, the dawn will come no more for the old man has come home from the forest. And that's why I like the ending to the song is that the old man, it's pretty obvious that he's passed away. He's not in pain any longer. He doesn't have to wake up and face another dawn where he's unhappy, where he's probably hung over, where there's nothing to look forward to. He is in heaven or he's with this lady or both. And right there, the song ends. And really, there's nothing else left to say, is there?
1: No, absolutely not. And let me just say the first few times I I listened to this song, I loved it. Oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. Beautiful story. A happy ending. Not realizing, oh, like maybe his wife or whoever this beautiful woman is, maybe she comes and saves him from himself and helps him kick his addiction. Okay, fine. And then I listened to it more and more and more. And then I went, oh, 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 no, no, he dies. (laughs) You know, like it, it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And it just, to me, it resonated so much more because it is a happy ending in a sad way. It's a happy ending kind of to a sad life and a sad existence. The line and the con men con, but life goes on. Almost like he kind of conned himself, you know, maybe of no fault of his own maybe from his PTSD or the things he saw in battle, but he kind of did con himself. And then he dies. It's just, it's a tragic song. I really feel like it's a tragic song. It's a good lesson, but it's a tragic
0: song. It is tragic. And I think Lightfoot probably was saying, it's certainly not a protest song in the way that we think of protest songs, but it is sort of a gentle way of reminding people Is this how we're treating our veterans? Is this how we're treating people who have gone up and fought for our country, whether that's Canada or the United States? As far as I know, I can't find any public statements from Lightfoot about that particular song, but I'm pretty sure that he'd agree with that. Yeah, I think so. So the song was on his second album, which was The Way I Feel. It was recorded in 1966 and then released in 1967. I can tell you that my favorite musical aspect of the song is that Gordon's guitar and Red's guitar are providing such a deep sound bed for Gordon's vocal. You can tell that Gordon is a young man when he's singing this because he's got the resonance But his also his voice doesn't have the same amount of maturity that's going to have in the 1970s. Red is not trying to show off. He's not trying to do anything resembling a solo or a fill during the song. And he certainly could have. I mean, he has or had the chops to do that. I can even hear some fun guitar harmonics from time to time in the mix. So it's very simple, but it's very, very beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> Adele, what's your favorite musical aspect of the song?
1: I love the last few guitar notes that end off the song. I think it's kind of unusual. I don't really feel like it happens in a lot of other Lightfoot songs. That's my favorite like uh, instrument part of the song. I also just love absolutely love the song because it's so simple, but it's so poetic and it's so it's deep. It's a very, very deep, serious song. But it doesn't necessarily sound like that when you listen to it. There's no fancy business in the background. There's no strings. There's none of that. There's just like a man and a guitar. And it's. I think it's just quintessential early light foot. It's just, it's beautiful. It's poetic. It's so well done. It's just, it's nothing fancy. It's just, again, it's just beautiful. It's just beautifully done and it's simple.
0: Yeah, and I can't even hear John Stockfish playing bass on this. I mean, that's how it's just, the two guitars, if John does play, it's buried way down in the mix. This song may even have been done live. There's no overdubbing. Um, So I can't hear him, but there were only five people who played on the whole album. Okay. Gordon, Red, John. And again, I can't hear the bass. There's no percussion, although Ken Buttry did play it. He's an old Nashville uh, session guy. And then Charlie McCoy played guitar on the album, but I can't hear a third guitar. I just hear the two. And I think a third guitar would make it, it would be too distracting. I mean, how are you going to keep those instruments together? Just the simplicity of it is really beautiful.
1: Absolutely. And considering, you know, this was on only a second album, which is is wild to me. And that album was a heavy hitter. You know, you have Song for a Winter's Night, Canadian Railroad Trilogy, um, you have Softly, and then you have the groovy version of The Way I Feel. You know, like it's just, it's just a really, it's a heavy hitter album, I think. And for just such a beautiful, soft, quiet song to be on, you know, mixed in with those, like only Gord could do that, I think.
0: We'll be right back to our conversation with Adele Chalifu about Home from the Forest in just a moment. Stepping away from folk music for a second, I wanted to tell you about Newsly. It's an audio app for iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web has become listenable. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing the narration right away. And they have podcasts as well, trending podcasts from over 40 countries, including, of course, Carefree Highway Revisited, Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the show notes and use promo code CHR2022 to receive a one-month free premium subscription. That's www.newsly.me. No, I think you're right. And the thing about that album is that in spite of what you're saying, because it has some amazing songs, I mean, the, the album didn't chart either in Canada or in the U S and home from the forest was not released as a single. Although there were, as you alluded to, there were three singles that were released from that album. This isn't one of them. The other thing that I found interesting is that Gordon's only played this song 58 times in concert and he didn't play it at all live until 2010. What are we talking about? 40 some odd years after the album came out. April 13th, 2010 in Peterborough, Ontario was the first time he ever played it in concert. And then he played it about a month ago on December 20th in Collingswood, New Jersey. And so the question that comes up for me, Adele, is, you know, why do you think he's played it so little? Because it's such a totally beautiful song.
1: That's such a good question. I mean, I feel like we could ask that for a lot of early Lightfoot songs. You know, for me personally, Lightfoot's first album was my favorite. I just absolutely love it. But he doesn't play a lot of his early stuff. He doesn't like a lot of his early stuff. He won't even talk about it, it seems. And I just, I don't know. I really don't know what it is. I mean, God only knows what's going on in his head, but that, you know, does he feel like it's not as mature as his other stuff? Does he feel like it's too simple? Maybe like, what exactly is it? I would love to know. I would absolutely love to know. I would have loved to hear this in concert. And You know, I feel like every generation can relate to a war song like this. Whether you knew a vet, maybe especially in in the States, maybe you knew a vet. Maybe you had one in your family. Maybe you are a vet. I don't know. It's such a poignant song. And it seems too bad that he hasn't played it for 40 years or he only started playing it.
0: Yeah, I think the ones that I grew up with, although I didn't learn about them until after the fact, and a lot of times I became the, you know, Barry Sadler's Ballad of the Green Berets. Bruce Stringstein's Born in the USA, things like that. So this may have been, for Canadians, a war song that they could particularly relate to. Now, during the 60s, of course, there were so many war songs in the States. So this may be a more authentically Canadian take on the whole thing, although it doesn't use any vocabulary that's distinct to the Canadian experience. It doesn't say that he fought in this battle or on this particular site where only canadians fought or something like that
1: absolutely and i think that's just another aspect of what makes the song so great is it's it's universal you know it's universal all over the world whether you're a canadian american australian british it's just so universal you know one of phil oaks's song comes to mind i ain't marching anymore you know it's kind of on the same vibe where it just not anything specific it's just universal soldier song Kind of like the Buffy Marie song. And Uh there's
0: another one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Or the one that Donovan also recorded. And I think even made a little bit more money than she did on that particular one. That's a good place for us to jump into this. Phil Oaks was one of the people that I thought, man, I would really like to have heard him record this song. Although he didn't, you know, I've Gordon recorded changes, but as far as I know, Phil didn't record any of Gordon's songs. And then another Canadian artist that I kind of wish had uh, covered this. And if he did, I didn't know about it was Stan Rogers Mm -hmm. because he had the vocal chops for it. And I think he was, I mean, I think he's not around anymore, but he was a contemporary of Gordon's if I'm not mistaken.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm not sure about that. I would have loved to hear Phil Oaks too. I think, oh, that would have been great. I'm not a fan of covers as we know. (laughs) But when I was thinking about this, you know, a lot of great folkies from the 60s came to mind that I would love to hear cover this. Phil Ochs was one of them. Ralph McTell was another one. I think he would do a great job. There's actually a Ralph McTell song called Streets of London that reminds me, could be a brother to this song. It goes like this Have you seen the old man outside the Seaman's mission? Memory fading with the metal ribbons he wears. In our winter city, the rain cries a little pity for one more forgotten hero in a world that doesn't care. And I think that just couples beautifully with this song too, because nobody cared. People just stared at him on the sidewalk. Was he ever to offer help? Just kind of people turn a blind eye and they don't want to see. They don't want to see it. So I think Ralph McTell would have done a great job. Eric Anderson, I think another great job. Tom Rush would have been amazing too. And Tom Paxton. Like the list goes on, I think. For oh, song. we
0: could go on and on. And yeah. actually, when I was doing research for this song, I did think of Ralph McTell's uh, Streets of London because this is really the flip side of that in the sense that it would be a double A side. I mean, not that they are opposites in any way, shape or form. It's just that one of them would be on the other side of the world. And speaking as one who's lived in London during the winter uh, uh-huh. and seen the kind of men that Ralph was talking about, I can tell you that that wasn't, hyperbole. I mean he was really you know talking about some real experiences there. The song has been recorded by a bunch of different artists and neither you nor I are great fans of covers but the okay. ones that really stood out or everything that I read okay was Ronnie Hawkins, who was the first person who recorded it. I think it was in 1966 before the Way I Feel came out. I've heard good things about Harlan Howard's version and I've okay. heard good things about Tony Rice's version. The problem that I would have with anybody trying to cover it, although I haven't listened to them, is that the song is rhythmical enough so that somebody could just say, this is a perfect country song, we're just going to turn a country beat to it, and they completely lose the point, which is that it is a more contemplative song. It's not like a bong, ching, ching, bong, ching, ching, bong, ching. It's not a typical country song. Do you Absolutely. feel like that's a something that could also happen if you're not careful?
1: Absolutely, so I was uh, very, very shocked, very shocked to see all these covers of this kind of rare lightfoot song. I was really, really shocked, and I did listen to as many of them as I could find, and honestly, I wasn't really blown away by any of them. I did listen to the Ronnie Hawkins one, and pretty much the same thing you know it's it, nothing was really changed. Same thing, Tony Rice. I really dug it. I really liked it. It was pretty groovy. It was very John Denver esque. Very, very. I would definitely actually recommend that one. And the Harlan Howard one, it was all right. I I felt it was kind of very similar. You know, just kind of word for word. A lot of harmonica. That's your thing. And so I did. There was actually one female cover I found, and it was by Jansis Harvey who is a British folk lady, I would actually probably put her against Joan Baez. Beautiful voice. And I loved her version. Maybe it was just such, her voice was just beautiful. I really, really liked it. There was actually a few kind of interesting things I found. There was this artist, George Hamilton IV, Mm -hmm. who was an American, um, folky kind of guy. He actually put out an album called Canadian Pacific and he covered about four life songs on that album and he did this one he did steel rail blues early morning rain long thin dawn and home from the forest and it's a good listen go listen <laughs> it's pretty amazing it's a very um not his cover of home from the forest but his other covers is very kind of new christy minstrels vibe i would uh, definitely recommend and There was a few other ones by Danny Doyle, Murray McLaughlin that were very 60s. The Murray McLaughlin one was very Dylan. Very, very Dylan. And then there was one. I don't know if you've listened to this one, but I found it. It was by Lindsay Thomas Morgan and he turned it into a Christmas song. Christmas
0: song. wow.
1: Yeah, it's very strange. It was very confusing. He didn't change any of the lyrics, but he wrote a little blurb thing that he always felt it would make a good, Christmas song.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. um, I mean, it yeah. was, it's Absolutely. set in winter. It just doesn't seem like it's you know going to get me in the holiday spirit.
1: <laughs> right? Like you wouldn't gather around your Christmas tree and sing this with the whole family. It's not one of those. So give it a listen.
0: You know, the other thing about George Hamilton, the fourth, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first person to record uh, Joni Mitchell's You Turn Me On, on a radio.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. This guy's, I love him. I don't know who he is, but I'm going to, like, I went down a rabbit hole when I discovered him. So I'm looking forward to going further down that rabbit hole with him. It's very interesting.
0: Does sound like a fun rabbit hole to go down. Okay. So as we're closing up here, two questions for you, actually three, I guess. So let's say Adele, that you could do a command performance and Gordon was going to play And you got to choose what the opening song of his concert would be. And I have to give the disclaimer on this. I'm borrowing this from iPod Dylan's Rob Kelly, because he's been asking the same question of his guests. But if you could pick a Lightfoot song that would be the opening to your perfect Lightfoot concert, what song would it be?
1: Oh, how how would you, how you ask this question? This (laughs) uh, This is like asking who's your favorite Beatle? Okay, so I think if I had to at least... For me, I would say Long River from his first album, second track. That would be my opening. For me, that's so quintessentially Canadian. And it took me years to just not cry when I heard it. So for me, it would be Long River.
0: So Adele, as we're wrapping up here, do you have any other thoughts on this particular song on Home from the Forest that we haven't really touched on yet?
1: Like I said, it's a very deep philosophical song and I wish it got more airplay took on more traction and I think again it's a song that a lot of if not most people especially right now with world events the way they are can really relate to and I wish it all played more
0: yeah and I think it's kind of a sad commentary that it was written in 1966 and now it's 2022 and I dare say that we're still not treating our veterans the way we need to and I think this is a wake-up call about that
1: absolutely very sad
0: So Adele, where can people find you online?
1: I am on the Twitter. I am on the Instagram. Um, I'm not very good at the Twitter though. I will admit I'm an 85 year old woman. I'm not very good at it. Um, (laughs) Instagram, my handle is Aquarian Moon. A lot of dog pictures. And on Twitter, I'm Northern Curls. So you can find me there.
0: All right. Hey, Adele, thank you so much. It's always a lot of fun to talk to you about Lightfoot's music. And I hope you can come back on the show a third time.
1: I would love to. I'm already thinking of songs.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Adele. And thanks for listening, everyone. If you'd like this well enough to listen to the whole thing, tell somebody about it. Carefree Highway Revisited is on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our website is www.lightfootpodcast.com, and our Patreon page is www.patreon.com slash carefree highway revisited you can reach me mike messner at teachermike 72 at gmail.com our next episode will be coming on about the first week of february 2022 and kevin and aaron hester will be joining me to talk about mother of a minor's child from the old dan records album until then this is mike messner reminding you run for the roses but don't forget to stop and smell we'll see you next time
1: Oh, the neon lights were flashing And the icy wind did blow,
0: The water seeped into his shoes And the drizzle turned to snow His eyes were red, his hopes were dead And the wine was running low And the old man came home From the forest His tears fell on